The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. All eyes are on the Federal Reserve this week, which meets again on Tuesday and Wednesday. Are positive economic signs enough for the Fed board to lower its rate hikes or maybe even stop altogether? Or will the governors keep pushing through with three-quarter point increases? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Connell Fullenkamp. He's a professor of economics for Duke University. Connell, thanks for joining me. Pleasure. And before we get, I can't remember if I did this last time, but if not, I think we need to give you friend of the pod status since uh, this is our regular team <laughs> for uh, meetings. So it's always good to have you. Um, but before we sort of get into the Fed, um, you know, obviously there's been um, some positive economic data over the last month to, to six weeks. What do you think that this says about where we are economically? Yeah, I think the the big picture is generally positive. I think household balance sheets are pretty strong. People are continuing to spend, and that's all pretty good news. And yet inflation is starting to subside, it looks like. Um, That's all to the good. Um, Of course, the housing market has really uh, started to show signs of of softness and weakness, especially on the coasts. Um, I think that's to be expected given the tremendous run up in prices we've seen over the past two years. So I don't think it's really something to worry about. I think it's more of a correction that we're seeing uh, from a tremendous, you know, just a tremendous price rise in the past two years. So I think overall, the signs are good. Yes, we're probably going to slide into a slowdown, uh, but it's really looking like it could be mild. And and with regards to the the housing market and and home prices, obviously for our audience, mortgage originators, you know that's not what they want to hear. But but I mean, the, the Jerome Powell has has touched on on the housing market after almost every one of these meetings. I mean, it kind of seems like this is what the the Fed at least wants, right? Like they want housing prices to cool without a, a crash in the housing market. I think clearly they do. Yeah, they they definitely want um, that kind of activity to slow down. I, I'm not sure that they really want a big slowdown in housing that's kind of taking care of itself. I think what, what they want are, are the prices to cool off. And so with with all of those indicators and, and of course, um, you know, more indicators will continue to come in. Uh, what, what do we think the Fed is going to do when they resume their meetings uh, this week? Yeah, I think the Fed is really going to stick to what it's been signaling and in, in, in raise uh, interest rates by 50 basis points. Um, I, I get the impression the Fed just does not like to disappoint expectations once it has done a job of setting them. I'm a little bit concerned in the sense that the the numbers about inflation, core inflation, have come out stronger than people have anticipated. And so... I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that the Fed committed 
so soon to only a 50 basis point increase. But hey, it's their decision. And I realize there's lots of uncertainty. Um, and of course, they've they've taken criticism for, you know, not being quick to react and some of the ways that they've, they've handled uh, in, inflation overall. Um, is this something that could open themselves up again where they, you know, as you said, they they don't like to shock people if they say they're going to do something, they they tend to stick to it. Um, you know, if CPI numbers tend to come out worse than expected this month, um, could they essentially have shot themselves in the foot that, you know, they're celebrating, they're ready to start lowering the rate hikes and then not so fast? Yeah, I think I, I'm worried about that a little bit. I, I'm worried that they are... Um... I wouldn't say declaring victory, but certainly jumping the gun a little bit on the signs that the economy may be slowing down. <clears throat> so the, um, the 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 problem that we've seen all along is that consumer spending has remained a lot more robust and stronger than people have anticipated. And I'm kind of so again, that's why I'm kind of surprised that the Fed had committed so quickly to saying, "Oh yeah, maybe 50 basis points," because. Every month lately, we've been surprised by how well households have been spending. So why did why did they jump the gun and uh, not wait for the numbers to come out before they really committed? Because they, you know, it, it, if they commit um, two days before to saying, "Oh yeah, we'll cut only fifty basis points," you know, that's good news. I don't think it. I don't think it really um, was that important to the markets for them to commit to you know to seemingly commit to fifty so early. And things. Since since um, CPI numbers came out in November, we've seen some some stable decline. You know, certainly with mortgage rates and with some of the other problems that we had, as as the market seemed to respond really well to that. The ten year Treasury has has done well. Um, are those you know so to to that point, you know, is that something that could upset it and reverse that trend where you know suddenly the market won't respond well? Uh, we'll see a reverse in the ten year yield, which of course would would cause a reverse in in the drop in mortgage rates. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think, you know, again, the 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 proof is going to be in the pudding in terms of how much the inflation numbers really do perform over the next few months. If we really have peaked in inflation, we start to see a steady downtrend, both in the kind of the headline CPI as well as some of the PCE, the personal consumption expenditure numbers, and the other more core numbers that the Fed sees. And yeah, I think that that's really all to the good, and that's great. There are a couple of indications that we might certainly, uh, you know, the the energy prices look like they're going to be calm for a little bit yet. Although again, that's still going to be a wild card. Um, you know, with escalating uh, military activity in in Ukraine, it's hard to say how the Russians are going to re react, and who knows whether this uh, price cap on oil is actually going to work. Um, but then, on the other hand, the the um, softness that we see in the housing market is starting to filter through to the rental market, and that is also going to affect uh, the the inflation numbers that we see. So, yeah, there's some there's some definitely some good news out there that hopefully is part of a bigger trend that we're going to see. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. With the softness in, in, in the housing market, I've got two questions first on... on um you know its impact on core inflation obviously that number tends to lag has the has this has the softening been going on long enough that we'll start to see that show up in shelter with home prices and now rental or is that still going to take a little while to work its way through 
it's still going to take a little while because we're we're just starting to see these uh, these numbers coming in. You know, as I said, from the coast and then kind of working its way inward a little bit. Um, yeah, the and that uh, it's still going to take several months because it uh, these numbers are reported the lag to start with, and and it's it's hard to um, say right now how much that is filtering through into the rental numbers themselves, which are also a big part of the the index. So I think it'll be a couple of months yet. I think the good news, of course, is that the the acceleration has stopped, and that's that's actually uh, good in and of itself. And then a little bit of softness being passed through is going to also help those inflation numbers. But I think it's going to be. Uh, February, March, before we see some real significant impact from that. And also, you know, thinking about possible surprises or or things that we thought would go one way and went another way that could could push inflation back up. Um, is housing one that you're worried about? Or certainly this, you know, prices have been flat. As long as, as rates stay where they are, prices should probably stay where they are because of because of inventory. Um, it doesn't seem like prices are going to come back down. Are you confident that this softening will continue and we won't sort of see that be an upward pressure on inflation? Yeah, I am fairly confident because, again, uh, I, I just see what's going on in house prices as the closest to, that we come to uh, like a, a correction in housing prices. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty confident that if rates stay high, that um, that the the demand for new homes and the demand for sales is going to be very limited to you know to people who really have to have to change their their residence. Um, I I just think that um, there I can't think of something on the horizon that would really disturb that and send it especially to send it the other way. Now there could be problems that would send it down further, um, uh, which would also be bad news in many respects. I mean, a lot of people that I've run into are starting to use the phrase "housing recession," and certainly that would be a bad thing to happen. You know, as uh, as we all know, house housing sales can lead to um, uh, an, a, an upswing by feeding kind of the flywheel. You know, people buy a house, they buy a lot of stuff to go in it. And of course, we could have a housing-led recession if if sales fall too far. And do you think that just, you know, people, you know, the last recession was obviously driven by the housing market crashing. Are people just using that as sort of, well, that's what's going to happen? And as you, you don't think that's going to happen. Is it because of inventory or why are you confident that we're not looking at a situation like that? Yeah, I, I think that, um, if, if you look at the fundamentals, you know, we've had a long term kind of underbuilding of, of housing in the U.S. We don't have an oversupply. Um, I think that there are a lot of people on the market who would love to buy a home who are now frustrated and um, I think a little frightened of mortgage rates. So I, I guess I'm thinking of this as a long term situation in which supply and demand were kind of relatively balanced. If, if anything, the supply was really kind of under the demand. So I think that to me puts a floor under this possibility that we'll see big, big falls in the in the housing market. I think, you know, if if mortgage rates tick down a little bit and people kind of take a deep breath. Uh, and, uh, you know, adjust as we always do to kind of the facts on the ground, find some creative ways to finance like people were doing back, you know, back in the bad old days. Uh, I think that I think we'll see some so the, I think we'll see home activity rebound a bit and and put a floor under this. I don't I don't think we're going to see a huge rebound, but I don't think we're going to see a crash. And and back to sort of maybe some of the things that could could cause a have a negative impact and, and drive inflation back up. Are there things that you look out there? I mean, obviously, you mentioned energy prices, which are, are always fickle. And of course, we now have this unpredictable war going on in Ukraine. 
Is that the thing that you look at with the the most concern or is there something else that, hey, if if this doesn't go the right way, inflation is going to be a problem again? Yeah, I think I think energy is really the big is really the big player here, but there can always be some surprises. You know, um, the the supply chain is depending on who you talk to is either you know closer back to normal or still kind of problematic. So we could we could definitely see some supply chain interruptions. You know, we we narrowly avoided, or I think we narrow, narrowly avoided a railroad strike, which really could have uh, juiced inflation for us uh, here recently. So yeah, there, there are a lot of things that can happen. The agricultural picture is also kind of questionable. There still seem to be uh, problems lurking out there, as, especially with kind of uh, livestock type issues that we've seen. So. So, yeah, a lot of things could possibly happen. Um, uh, you know, weather weather is also you know getting to be a concern this time of year, and how it can affect uh, supply chains and then have knock on effects for inflation, at least for short short periods. Um, so, you know, any of those things could happen, but really, there the probabilities seem to be um, dwarfed by you know a, a, a small chance of a really big disruption in the energy market. If that happens, that's really going to be significant for us. Yeah, it seems like we've now multiple times narrowly avoided a railroad strike. I thought we yeah. put that in the rearview mirror, and then all of a sudden there it was again. <laughs> we might go on strike anyway. So as, yeah, that's a great point that you never really know what uh, what could be the hang up. Yeah, I wonder too if you know there may be this uh, demonstration effect from uh, the the strikes that are 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 starting to happen in Europe. You know, it seems like everybody's going on strike this next two weeks in the UK, and that might uh, that might have a demonstration effect on folks in the US. Yeah, absolutely. Connell, thanks so much for joining us. As always, a pleasure. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's your headlines for today, December 12th. The saga of Equity Prime Mortgage's motorsport sponsorship continues. Jesse Awuji Motorsports refiled its lawsuit over a $6 million sponsorship. This time, a judge accepted it. The NASCAR team also provided a text message indicating EPM was the subject of a margin call. A partner with EPM continues to deny the call happened. A federal judge in New York has put the pause on a CFPB case against money grant payment systems deciding to wait for the U.S. Supreme Court to rule on the agency's budget. The order is another sign of the confusion and disagreement federal judges have about how to proceed in the meantime. The CFPB appealed to the Supreme Court last month after the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said that Congress cannot turn over its power of the purse to the Federal Reserve, which funds the CFPB's budget. While the New York judge is taking a wait-and-see approach, a judge in Illinois is letting the CFPB move ahead with a lawsuit against TransUnion. TransUnion had asked for that case to be dismissed, but the Illinois judge disagreed with the Fifth Circuit ruling. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.